When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb. I am Rich Levine. Mike Pian is still on sabbatical, but the Celtics are back. We'll get into the winners and losers of Boston's first two games in the bubble. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter. That is at Winning Plays Pod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to Bet Online. B Rob, we are two games in. It happened. I, I will admit that I was very negative for for most of the summer about them actually pulling this off. It actually happening. But for now, not only is it happening, it's pretty smooth. Yeah, it's. You should have saved that for the MLB. Yeah, and, right. I need to start um, go back in time and start an MLB podcast and talk <laughs> a lot of shit. But no, it, it's great. It's it's great to see the games have been great. It's a little bit weird. Uh, have you know watching obviously it's it must be weird for you because you, you guys can't be at the games anymore but what's it like like kind of covering these games from outside the bubble yeah it's it's definitely a unique experience I mean obviously some games on the road you're not going to be there for anyway but just you're you're used to having you know a taste of at least a bunch of home games mixed in and not you know being from afar every time but um, everyone's sort of getting the hang of the, the zoom press conferences and you know who's i guess the the one upside is the players since they're not showering at the arena they're they're kind of ready to go right after the game for the press conferences so that's that's good news for us as opposed to um you know waiting around an hour after a game (laughs) i can remember i can remember not even hour rondo was the worst back when oh yeah when i was in the locker room i remember that that was one of the reasons i did i I didn't do it anymore it was just so frustrating having to wait your spend your entire night waiting for rajan rondo to get out of the shower and and especially because you kind of knew he was probably done I feel like he got like special joy out of waiting, oh, making yeah. everyone wait a little bit longer. And then he gives you would give you five word answers sometimes too. <laughs> right, <laughs> double whammy <laughs> to, to, to um, really stick it to you. So but yeah, but the, they've been that's been that's you know and it, but at the same time, it's nothing close to like being in a post game scrum where you know you can it's it's a free for all to ask questions and you can get stuff in this time. If like wait your turn, you might not get a question in. So that's tough too. So, um, the only, it, I'd much rather have the, obviously the, the post game locker room experience for the, the free form ability of it with the, the players. Um, but the, the one upside would be just how quickly they're coming out to talk. Uh, okay. So Celtics are one and one, uh, could very well be two and zero oh at the same time. Pretty lucky to be one and one. Um, I think we're going to go right in with the winners and losers. We're going to go three and three uh, from the first two games. A big game against Miami coming up. So we're doing this on Monday afternoon, Tuesday night. Pretty critical game against Miami, um, as much as any of these games are critical. But um, you want I, I think there's obviously one clear winner from these first two games. Do you want to? Yeah, I mean, we have to serve it? Kemba. We have to serve. We have to serve Kemba Walker. I think. So you know, what's funny is that I was thinking someone different. Some, I was thinking of someone I mean, different than Kemba. Halfway There's through two it, clear winners. Yeah, halfway through it, I said to myself, shit, maybe Kemba is also a clear winner. Let's start with that. Because honestly, we were, I say we were negative. We were certainly cautious about what we were expecting from Kemba coming in with a minute limit, with 
you know him him not practicing at, at, at full blast but shit man he he looked fantastic in the minutes he was out there he did and i think it's probably been it was probably january for the last time he had you know above 50 percent shooting in two straight games is that right and yeah and he's not a high percentage shooter anyway um for a guard you know he takes a lot of threes he struggles at the rim at times even when he's at his best but we just hadn't seen consistency in him getting to his spots you know period over much of february and march when it was really hampering him and so the the plan was in place by the C strange staff under a lot of scrutiny here but uh it's worked to perfectly so far granted just two games here long way to go but not only is he moving well on the court the shots are falling too and we haven't had that combination of both um you know since well before the all-star break yeah again it's not even that he's just making the shots it's just how he's making them it's the way he looks whether it's you know you know running a guy off off, off a screen or a pick or you know one one or two off the ball but he just looks so sharp and i also love to see how badly he wants to be out there at the end of the games you know, oh, yeah, it's killing him. <laughs> you can see the frustration. I don't know in that towards the end of the Portland game yesterday when he had the the towel over his mouth. I don't know what he was saying or or what he was doing, but you can see how badly he wants to be out there, and that he certainly feels like he's capable of being out there. So, I mean, I I, I think maybe going into the bubble, I was maybe five out of ten. Sort of my um, how confident Your I was. Scale. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm like seven or eight right now. Because I'm not, because I'm, I'm still feel very good about the Celtics slow playing it. You know what I mean? I think if it's up to Kemba, he'd be out there 30 minutes a night for sure. But because I don't think that they're gonna that they're gonna you know uh, fall victim to the pressure of, of Kemba to be out there, they're gonna stick to the plan and make sure that he's right and he just seems right. So that 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 is we're all we're all winners uh, after the first two games after <laughs> se- after seeing that. Well, it's clear that I think the staff just learned their lesson in terms of how the rest of the season went with the, okay, we're going to give him a couple games here. And then they'd fall into a trap where um, they'd have a minute slump for a couple games, but then like two days later, it's a double overtime time game and he's up to 40 minutes right. and then things, you know, fall, you know, then, then the soreness comes up again. So it is easier in these games that are meaningless, not meaningless, but clearly don't carry the weight that um, a playoff game would, or even, you know, a, a, without home court advantage what a normal regular season would do but at the same time they they're smart about it. they're not going to listen to him they're not going to let him talk his way back onto the court and to be honest this should this should probably be like a four-year plan for the celtics for him like going maybe not to this degree but i think you want to try to baby him for this as much as you can in regular season games now just so that wear and tear doesn't add up and you find yourself at the end of 82 games where he's he needs a blow and he can't really afford to have one right and again because for him for most of his career it's been an 82 game sprint and then you don't really worry right. too much about what's what's happening in, in april may and june because you're at home playing golf or doing whatever kemba does in his free time but now it's like as he's getting older combined with the fact that he's potentially going to have to play a couple more months of basketball every single year uh i'm with you on that one um, and all right, so I, I figure we should probably go back and forth between winners and losers, but because there was another clear, such a clear-cut winner, and Jalen Brown's got to be it, right? Uh, yes, that's. I think when you go six of six in the fourth quarter, um, 
to win a game with four of those being threes. Uh, that pretty much clinches your spot. He wasn't fantastic against the Bucks. Little, over, um, little overzealous. He was a little overzealous. Exactly. He got uh, out of the gate. Really want got aggressive. Tried to do a little bit uh, himself too much early on, and then clearly the picking up a fifth foul in that third quarter was pretty detrimental in terms of just the type of defense you want to play against Giannis and the Bucks there. But he was sensational against this, the Blazers. Actually, do you know he started like two of, I want to say he started like two of seven or two of eight in that game before he just caught fire in the second half. It was it was pretty incredible how great his shot making has gotten from three-point range. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe we didn't, we didn't notice anything because all anyone was worried about in the first half was what Tatum was doing, which is fantastic. But yeah, and speaking of that defense, I hope that, and I'm sure Jalen did learn learn from it, and I'm sure that the, the coaching staff's going to hammer it home. But that one play, one of the fouls that he picked up, where you force Giannis to take that baseline fadeaway jump shot, you already got him in a situation. It's already a win if Giannis is taking that jump shot. You don't have, you don't need to block it. You know what I mean? Like that, that was one of his fouls. I think he just got a little too aggressive trying to guard a baseline fadeaway. And I think in that situation, you just go straight up. But um, but yeah, he was a little too overhyped. But so he, he his three point shooting is has been much improved. But also he got to the line fifteen times in these two games. Yeah, led the team, uh, taking it to the hoop and hitting seventy three percent, which is you know what he was shooting uh, earlier this year. Anyways, was just such a marked improvement from where he was at earlier in his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, offensively, he seems under control. And I'm going to stick with what I said. Uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before about him being a guy that potentially is. Uh, positively affected by not having fans there. I think it probably helps his focus a little bit. But he's and he's a guy that like from the second he stepped in the bubble, we've been seeing this from him. He's looked like a, like just a more mature, more developed, calmer, more confident uh, Jalen Brown. And and you know Kemba touched on it a little bit after the game, just talking about the the, the talent level that those two guys have. But it, it really is a game changer, and it, it takes a lot of pressure off Tatum too to to potentially. You know, it makes him do be able to do a little bit more without having to feel that he has to carry the entire load. Sure. I mean, just look at that fourth quarter. Uh, five, you know, Tatum had eight assists in that game. Five of them came to Brown in the fourth qu- quarter on those threes. And, I mean, that's a credit to Tatum, too, for reading the double team. But that that's clearly him having confidence in his teammate being like, okay, Jalen has it going in here. I'm just going to create separation. And once Carmelo or whoever cheats off of Jalen, like, that shot's going to be there. And that would... That's what Danny Ainge and the front office banked on, being like, okay, we're just going to, if we have four guys that can shoot and create, then good luck trying to defend us. And, you know, the Blazers are probably the worst defense out of any team in the bubble, but the Seas still lit them up for pretty much that entire game, barring a, a drought in the middle of the second half. I saw some number that's escaped me at the moment, but I think was it the highest three-point percentage in a game where they took at least 30? Yep. I think Taylor Snow had that. Um, so what yeah, was it? Was Do you remember off the top of your head? It was eight out yeah, for thirty highest three point shooting percentage in a game when they've taken thirty three. So they're eighteen of thirty from three, um, and they almost lost Rich, which is like we right. It's well, a lot of positives here, but like that is. I mean, it was a shootout, but um, yeah. I mean, we'll get to the defensive end in a little bit, but the it, Blazers uh, the Blazers hit thirty five of thirty. I think right. In the, in the they shot quarter. the lights out too. <laughs> That was that. That was Gary Trent okay. Jr. Um, yeah, fuck. Future Austin. Um, give me, uh, give me your your first loser. Maybe not your top loser. Give me one of your losers. And I hate calling them losers. These are NBA players. All right, but uh, yeah, this losers. No, this is 
stock down after the first two games. <laughs> sure. We'll say that. Like, um, as we'll, go, we'll go with a Mike um, Reese, the Mike Reese style of uh, coverage. Three up, three. Yeah, three. exactly. But no, the yeah losers. We're we're. Uh, my first is uh, the rookies are yeah. my first loser in this. Um, so, throw time, Lord. Grant Williams. Throw time, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, second year players and under. Um, Grant Williams, very limited playing time, not very impressive in EO first two games. And Romeo Langford and Rob Williams not getting a sniff of the rotation. And that's not a huge surprise given the matchups here and how good, you know, or how solid the rest of the bench has looked. Um, Brad Wanamaker obviously had a great first game, didn't really do much against the Blazers, but I think that we, we see the pecking order here. This is not development time, Rich, and you got to show you're able to help or you're going to be on the pine. And, you know, Grant Williams, not want to beat up too much, but I think, he, like, you know, he bobbled a couple passes down low, um, had a tough foul or two, just clearly Shemmy's ahead of him, and it's hard to blame him. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we that we as a unit missed on in our in our previews of, of this bubble and, and and talking about how the Celtics were going to approach it for the last month or so is we thought that they were going to use this these eight games as maybe a second preseason, but that's it's just not the case. I mean, they they, they are all in playing these games. You know, okay, maybe the Kemba thing. Maybe if it was the NBA Finals, he's not on a minute limit. But like they are they are playing these games to win, and that's it. That's it. It's not. It's not development. It's about. It's about wins and losses, uh, and and the thing is, and I can't blame them. But you you would have thought, or you would have hoped that you know Williams and Williams and Romeo might be a part of that. That they might be at at a, at a stage in their development where, when you're in winning time, that you still want those guys that they can still contribute. But apparently, maybe some of it's just matchups. But right now, they're just not there. And and for me, the Time Lord thing was a big disappointment. I I, I was just. And again, a lot of this is, is just want. I want him to be to fulfill that potential because it's so fun when he's out there and operating at at his highest level. Uh, but he's clearly just not ready. Yeah, and you know we didn't get the glimpse of the two or three weeks of workouts before the scrimmages, where this was probably all decided. Like one good scrimmage is not going to move a guy up on the depth chart. It's like they these coaches have been watching these guys for weeks, and it's clear that. There's a pecking order in place, and those guys are at the bottom right now. I guess I'm even surprised. I guess the one upside for the rookies, I, Carson Edwards is dressing, so that's a plus for him over Javante Green. I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, no, I again, didn't. that might be a matchup thing. One of them, like Javante, was actually contributed or this year. He was he was he was a solid right. guy off the bench in in certain situations. Whereas in Carson, we just. I mean, just outside of that one performance in preseason, mm-hmm. which now feels like 17 years ago, but outside of that 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 one moment, he really hasn't done anything to inspire a spot on the on the active roster. But again, like you said, a lot a lot's going on behind the scenes. Um, all right, I'm going to give one. So obviously, I, I had Williams and Williams as, as one of my losers. I'm going to give okay. uh, one of mine, and then we'll have one and one each. Like they'll be right. Okay. I think maybe yep, sounds good. Um, so this is not. These are not members of the Celtics. In fact, in fact, oftentimes they, they seem like they're members of the other team. But the big losers so far in the bubble are the referees. <laughs> we 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 talked about or, or we thought we hoped that maybe the lack of home court fans, the you know the bubbleness of the bubble, to to get really creative with my vocab, that maybe it might help the referees be a little bit more. I want to say fair and balanced, a little bit more consistent, just a little less horrible. 
you know, at, at their job sometimes, but we really saw some critically awful officiating. You know, the the Giannis one, sure, that like the, a couple of those were horrible, but that that over and back last night, and I know you tweeted about it as it happened in real life. So they called they they, they called uh, that on on Tatum, where Tatum was still in the backcourt when he threw the ball. Gordon Hayward was in the front court when he caught the ball, and they called the backcourt violation. So, and they actually followed, the refs doubled down after the game in the pool report and said it was the right call, which is, to me, which technically would have been correct because it's, like, it's different. And it, I guess it just speaks to how, like, the whole rule is not written well because for, since Tatum was in the air and the ball was past half court or any part of his body past half court, like, I guess technically they're saying, okay, he's in the front court there. But then it's like, okay, well, Hayward's body's past midcourt, but he hasn't stepped in the front court yet. So technically he's still backward, which is just like, just seems like a very dumb way to judge the role when you look at the pass and Tatum was clearly passing it forward. So like, maybe they'll look at the whole rule and the fact they couldn't review it either um, in the last two minutes, just it's not reviewable play. It's very dumb to me too. But I, to me, that, that was it's just a a dumbly written rule for the way a, a play like that is called, which it shouldn't have been. Yeah, and I think another another thing we might see from from this from the bubble on, on the negative side is that because there aren't home fans and there aren't, you know, like these guys are less accountable in real time. You know, like you maybe have to feel to to deal with the wrath of a coach or, or a bench, but that's happening anyways. But like without the pressure of eighteen thousand <laughs> people, you know, saying horrible things about you, or, like it's just. You just I don't, I'm gonna say you don't care as much, but like you're okay maybe sticking to your guns or, or you know, it's I don't know. We'll 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 see what happens. I'm sure it's an. They don't they don't hear how wrong, they don't hear how wrong they are from eighteen thousand people on top of, <laughs> right? Like Brad Stevens. I'm sure it's an adjustment for all of them, but it's just it's again I, I it's just so frustrating that every postseason the, the officials become a story, and once again through two games like during a critical moments there have been questionable calls. Sports keep coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partners, Bet Online. Uh, Major League Baseball is back, and they're somehow still holding on. Uh, there's no shortage of ways to get on the action. Bet Online has all the odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And as sports start to return, Bet Online has sat down with Eddie George from the NFL, uh, seven-time NBA champ Robert Ori, and, and Harold Reynolds from Major League Baseball to get their opinions on what it will be like to playing without fans. Uh, we already talked about what it might be like refereeing without fans. Maybe they should get one of those refs in to, to talk on this too. They're calling it the pandemic over on Bet Online. So check that out. Uh, visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up to date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Uh, Bet Online, they are your online wagering experts. Um, all right. So, so Jalen and Kemba were two of your winners. Uh, and I'm gonna probably guess that we have the same third. Do you want to? Do you want to deliver it? Mm, I bet we don't. Really? Um, yeah. My okay. third, uh, Marcus Smart. Wow, very very off brand. <laughs> yeah, that was for Mike because he <laughs> can be here. Um, no, I the obviously his numbers not impressive. Um, you know, I shouldn't say not impressive against the Blazers. Had a great game against the Bucks to kind of keep them in that game of his. Um, shooting while Tatum um, laid an egg, but I was very encouraged to by just the his discretion with his shot selection. 
He is only. Can you guess how many shots he's averaging a game right now, Rich? In these uh, two games, eleven. Seven and a half per game. And, that, and that's not three pointers. That's actual. That's actual shots. Wow. Total shots, which is fantastic because you have Jason Tatum taking 20 shots a game, Jalen Brown taking 16 a game, Hayward taking 12 a game, Kemba's only taking a few more um, than, you know, Smart, but that's because he's on a minutes limit. Smart is embracing his role again from like two years ago where he is the distributor, he is the pest on defense, and yeah, he'll take open shots if they're there, but he's not going to seek them out. And that has helped the Celtics offense get to a higher level in these first two games. And we're, and that should only continue as the minutes go up for Kemba, but the shot distribution's in the right place. And a big part of that is with the point guard. And I'm smart deserves kudos for that in my mind. That's a, I'm still a little bit worried about his availability long-term. I mean, because he's already got a, a million bumps and bruises, right? With there, that's a, true. There, there was a, he's there's got a neck injury, right? There was a, and the it, nut shot. Well, that's he gets he gets hit yeah. he gets hit in the groin at least two or three times a game. It seems like sometimes he flops. He's a big groin flopper, but also oh, yeah. gets a couple. Uh, is is good for at least one or two very solid shots, like ones that would probably take a lesser man out for a longer time. And he just kind of brushes it off. But and again, it's part of part of the Marcus Mar experience. It's part of how he plays. But as he keeps getting older, and as like it comes to a point where the Celtics really need him. I don't know. It just it still it still makes me nervous, and I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, we obviously we're we're hoping for the best, but um, I don't know. I, I I'd be shocked if he escapes these eight games without some sort of serious ling, uh, lingering injury. Well, I think you'll probably see Brad Stevens learn his lesson from last year and put him on ice for maybe the last most of the last two games after he had the meaningless game eighty one injury against the the Magic last year. So yeah, that's a good point. Just because there is no meaningless game for Marcus, if he's on the court, right. he's playing like exactly. it's game seven. Exactly. So you can't be like, "Hey, take it easy out there." No, it's like, <laughs> "No, you're you're sitting on the bench this half." Like that's just don't even come to the arena. We're leaving you at the hotel. Um, um, interesting. Okay, yeah, so that's my third. It's Marcus Sparks. So um, you know who mine is then, obviously. Yeah. Do you want to guess? It's uh, Brad Wanamaker. Brad. Yeah. Wa- Brad. By the way, <laughs> great great first game for Brad. I might have put him on that if it wasn't for the for the no show in game two. But yeah. Gordon Hayward. I mean. We, we talk about the, the, the ups and downs of Tatum, uh, you know, to a certain extent, I guess Jalen too, and you talk about his, his slow start and against Portland and the foul trouble against Milwaukee. But Gordon has just been so solid in, in, in all the most ideal ways that you need him to be. Um, you know, averaging 34 minutes a night, eight and a half rebounds, perfect 11-11 from the line, uh, four and a half assists a night. And he's just he, he, He's just there. You know what I mean? A fantastic mustache, by the way. <laughs> want to give him credit for that i think he looks great um but yeah i mean it said as everything around him and whether it's Kemba's minutes and all that every all these other moving parts gordon hayward is just 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 straight and narrow and he's he's just he's the guy and, and, and is he gordon hayward from from utah yet no he probably never will be that again but it is this is the guy if the celtics are going to make some serious noise uh and we're talking like making the finals winning the finals like it's just really uh, inspiring and encouraging to see Jordan uh, Gordon playing the way he has. Yeah, I mean, averaging twenty nine and five as a third option is that's what a finals team needs to have. Yeah, and he is the rebounding has been super encouraging. He's actually leading the team in rebounding so far, eight point five per game. 
um, you know, P was shooting the lights out from three against the Blazers, like everyone else. Um, got into the line five and a half times a game, which I think is huge given how he's been weary of contact in, you know, past seasons. And the one thing to watch with him, he, he is four turnovers a game. Still, that's a team high. Uh, you want to see that real back. And I do think, I mean, I guess it's not knocking him yesterday. He only took three shots in the last 18 minutes of the Blazers game yesterday when I was going through the box score. But again, when Jalen has it going, you can't like, what do you want him to just have him steal shots from there? So right. that's not really a knock on him at that point, I feel like. Yeah, no, he's he's just been great, and I think you know this is going to change so much. We're two games into what will be, uh, hopefully, we'll go into October, so a lot's going to change. We're going off a very small sample size here, but that's you couldn't have asked for for much more from Gordon. Um, um, loser. All right, so loser. So I have two losers left. Okay, so you, you, um, you do one, I'll do one, then you then you do your last. Okay, uh, this is again not a player here, but more. Uh, but a team-wide thing for the Celtics. Um, and you touched on it briefly earlier. Dumb fouls. Dumb fouls, sh- fouling jump shooters. Fouling, giving up fouls when you're in foul trouble. Um, this happened, I think they fouled three three-point shooters against the Bucks, And I think fouled Giannis in a couple of those, like, turnaround fadeaways. Like, what? you can't do that. Like, you, you have to be smarter about the contest, you know, not leaving yourself in a vulnerable spot in those instances. And they did again. I mean, the Blazers is a different situation with Lillard and McCollum. You like, you know, you're, it's going to happen from time to time there, but they need to clean that stuff up because that's giving away easy points. And um, it's honestly been an issue all year long from when, you know, they fouled Karis LeVert on a game tying three um, oh, right. at the garden a couple of weeks ago. So that, that, that needs to be cleaned up um, kind of team wide. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. No. Again, it's 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 and to say that it's been going on all year, that I was gonna say it's good to get it out of their system uh, in the first two games. But if it's just a continuation of, of something that had been plaguing them all year, then that's maybe a little bit more concerning. Um, especially because again, these you know, this is the playoffs. The, you're you're not you're not playing very many uh, cupcake teams anymore. You got Brooklyn. You got Washington. And every other game, whether it's the playoffs, or whatever, is going to be really tough teams. You're going to be close games. Just can't be giving giving shit away, especially when you're when you're going to be at a, a height disadvantage. I think for a lot of these games, um, no, there's no reason to be giving extra foul shots and all that. Um, I went for my for my for my third loser. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say Jason Tatum. Um, yeah, that's fair. I, I think you know they, the Celtics have played four halves, and he had one really really awesome half. And and he, I mean I'm not gonna say say too much negative about the second half of the Blazers game. But he certainly wasn't the Jason Tatum that that we expect and that the Celtics need. Um, you know, I say he, he made one basket in the last eleven minutes of of the fourth quarter. Granted, you know, he was helping set Jalen up and and doing all that. And and again, and in a situation where Jalen is feeling it the way he is, maybe the last thing you need is Jay, uh, Jason to to not have the awareness to to or, or for him to be like, okay, I still got to be Jason Tatum and ignore that that his teammate is is in the zone. But. Uh, you know, it's plain and simple. The, the Celtics, if, if if they want to do what they want to do, Tatum's going to have to be so much better. He's going to have to be that guy in the first half against Portland, who was the guy in the in the, in the entire month of February, um, and he's just not there. And there's so much time, and this will be well, we can laugh at this hopefully in, in a couple of weeks that he was on this list. But for now, after two games, I think he he definitely is. Yeah, I mean, if there are two games and you shoot one of seventeen in one of those games, 
it's going to be tough to get off this side of the list. So, so but, I don't think he'll be here two games later. But By the way, so he got a two of 18 because of that joke where the other they scored in their own basket and he was the closest one to it. Is that where the two of 18 comes from? Exactly. So I've, you know, that was, I think, early in the first quarter. And I think he was just in, he was the closest player to the Bucks in that situation when they tapped it in. It was Jalen's shot um, that they, you know, rebounded in essentially, but he got credit for it. So uh, that's where that comes from. So that's two, one of 17 games for Tatum this year. Is that right? Um, when was the other one? Against Dallas at the Garden Ooh. way, way early in the year. Um, C's won that one as uh, well. But yeah, uh, they, he pretty much, I don't know if they outright cost him that Bucks game, but yeah, like that was, everyone else had a solid game except for him um, by and large in that game. So, but he bounced back 34 points. Um, but f- for now, there weren't, anyone else who had a stinker like that early on so i have no issue with you putting it as your number three okay um yeah so mine is again another team-wide thing um i'm gonna go with crunch time play Hmm. because i mean yesterday rich the celtics jalen brown hit that three with 30 seconds left you know great like they i think 98 percent win probability there and then the Blazers have a chance to send it to overtime like less than 20 seconds later. And you have the backcourt violations. You have um, that pass by Marcus. Pass by Marcus. The impound pass. That was, yeah. Exactly. And again, and then you go to the Bucks game. Yeah, the, the Giannis reversal was a tough call. But, you know, the Celtics went cold offensively after that too and let Middleton had hit the three. And then you go back to before the hiatus – this was a big problem for this team, whether it was blowing the home game, the Nets I talked about, um, the Thunder at home when Kemba got stripped. I think I looked it up. They they blew leads in the last minute of games that turned into losses in five of their last 10 games heading into the hiatus. So, is that right? So it is, you know, a trend there that they, you know, they, they're not choking. Obviously, they're hitting big shots when they need to, but they're not it's of a few more mistakes than you'd like to see at this, you know, stage of the 2019, 2020 seasons. I know it's just back from the itis, but they have to clean this stuff up for the playoffs because this will cost them a series at some point if they keep making these, you know, uh, unforced errors. Yeah. And it's funny because you don't, you know, you think about Kemba, I don't think of him as really like a, like a floor general kind of point guard. Right. But you wonder, like, in the, I, want, I wonder in those in those games before the break were, what was it, you said five games down the stretch? Like, yep. how many of those were, were, were was he playing in? Like, I, I wonder. Like, I wonder if maybe if, like, just his presence can be a little bit more of a, of a calming presence uh, for the team. You know, you assume that he is going to be out there in the fourth quarter when it really matters down the stretch. Um, and a lot of that maybe could be just the, the adjustment of having Tatum kind of blossom into what he has and like everyone sort of finding their new roles in, in crunch time. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's no question that that is a concerning trend and that there have been plays that they have made. Again, that pass, and, and that was coming out of a timeout too, wasn't it? That, yep, that smart yep. pass? Yes, I, I don't I, know what happened there. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that he, it wasn't even a contest for the, anyone on the Celtics. He, got just, he just threw it to, to the other team. Um, yeah. It just had to be someone wasn't listening clearly, um, and you can't blame it on the on the on the noise in the <laughs> in the arena anymore. Um, okay, yeah, so that that's good. Do you want? So we got. So it's like I said, it's Monday afternoon right now. Uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, uh, Miami versus Boston, 
And what we set the table for right now a little bit for the for the standings because I mean the Tor- Toronto looks good. Obviously, they kicked the Lakers' ass. Um, they are are operating at a high level right now. I I think it's uh, and maybe a lot will still come down to that to that head to head the Boston Toronto game, but they don't look like they're going to be giving up this two seed. No, and we're actually so Toronto and Miami are playing as we record this. Okay. So if if Miami wins that game then, you know, Toronto, that Toronto Celtics game gets a little more interesting. But, yeah, Toronto coming out and being the Lakers right away, they just look like they're hungry. Everyone's healthy there. They're not going to give up that two seed. So I think you can kind of wave bye-bye to that if you're the Celtics, even if you do beat them on Friday. The more interesting equation now is the 3-4 situation and the Sixers and the Pacers since T.J. Warren just – dominated the Sixers <laughs> in that. Uh, did you watch any of that game? Uh, I, I saw a little bit, and then I watched most of the highlights. I mean, TJ Warren, whenever he has a game like that, he's out for the season within the next week. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll see how he handles it. But, yeah, so that that, that happened. And, and Oladipo yeah. is, is sitting today, it seems like. He's not playing back-to-back with his knee situation. So that's still something Got to it. watch. Right. But now it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Celtics – will play this if they actually end up trying to position themselves to get away from the Sixers. If things get settled late where it looks like they're going to be in the six, like maybe they start resting guys a little bit earlier. So they fall into the four um, or whether they just don't care and say, okay, Philly still looks like a mess and are having a lot of trouble defending everyone. So let's just, you know, take them down like we think we can. So I would, I don't think Brad Stevens will care much about this, but I do wonder whether, you know, given the just the talent discrepancy between Philly and Indy on paper, whether that's something that they, uh, the team tries to hone in on um, as things develop more in the standings. Yeah, although if you, if you get down the four, then you're putting yourself in Milwaukee's side of the bracket, right. which, is, which I don't know if it's worth it. It's like if you can't beat Philly, then, you know, what's it matter? Right, right. I don't know. It's, it's, but, it's but it's like if you're going to see if you're going to see Milwaukee anyway, like what's one round earlier, like that. Yeah, I mean, but again, I, so it, it could go both ways. Like maybe you give them a greater chance to either a lose, b have an injury, c get worn down. But at the same time, like you're potentially going to have an injury, you're potentially going to lose. You can be more worn down as well. Um, it was good to see, uh, and Chris Milton still had a great game against the Celtics, but was, and he and he hit a couple of ridiculous shots. But he was not uh, superhero Celtics killer Chris Middleton. No, he wasn't. And that is something that, yeah, like the Giannis was unbelievable in that game. And there was very little the Celtics could throw at him. You know, guarding Giannis at any time, much less off of a four-month hiatus, is a nightmare. Um, so clearly you, that's going to get cleaned up a bit if they do see him in a playoff series down the line. Um, but yeah, the fact that the rest of the Bucks supporting cast did not, you know, dominate the, that game when they had open looks um, is an encouraging sign if you're the Celtics, I feel like. Yeah, and I think generally speaking, a 2-0 would be nice. It's funny, we both we both had them at 1-1 one one after two games. You you get the gold star. You had the loss to Milwaukee and beating Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, all told, 1-1's one one's not bad. No major injuries. If anything, they seem a little bit healthier than they did last week just because Kemba looks so much better than we thought he might. And he looks better than he did uh, down the stretch in, in February and March. 
Um, oh, easily. So, so that's that's just really great to have moving forward. And like we said, we, there's every reason to believe and to be confident in, in the Celtics. Like just not getting ahead of themselves with this, they're not going to get overly overly excited. Like, oh, Kemba says he can play. Let's just run him out there. Like, no, they're gonna they're gonna stick to their plan. They're gonna make sure that he is is as close to 100 percent as he can be when the playoffs start. And uh, again, more more now more than ever, there's reason to believe that he will be there. Where do you think he gets up to, minutes wise? Uh, I wouldn't in the, be surprised. In the seeding games. To, oh, in the, in the seeding games? I don't think he'll get past 30. Yeah. I don't. And again, maybe we'll see what, what's eventually what's on the line. You know, we'll see how the rest of the, the standings shake out. Uh, but I don't, it doesn't seem to me that it would be worth that yet. And what, what, do you push you? Him to in the, what do you push him to in the playoffs? I agree with you. I think 30, maybe one game into the low 30s, so you get him ready for, you know, just the additional minutes load once the playoffs get going but i i'd just try to protect him as much as possible in these games yeah and again depending on what happens in these in, in these playoff games like, like like you said like uh you see how how he, how he handles uh not being out there in crunch time and you also talked about what happened in the regular season that every time they wanted to to to, to give him more rest the game goes to overtime or whatever it is and he ends up playing 40 minutes but um i would be comfortable with he, him hitting hitting 35 every once in a while and I mean, he he lost credibility on this when he played through his minutes limit in the All Star game. So, so if he, so if, he if he's so if, if he's gonna if he's not gonna pull himself out of the All Star game, then you know he he wants. I mean, it's a credit to him to just obviously want to play whenever. I'm not giving him any uh, credit for, for for. But playing. no, but that was that was dumb. <laughs> that was like you have like you you've lost your credibility on this Kembo, so um, don't even try talking away into anything now. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough break, but it is what it is. Sure. Um. All right. All right. That's it. So maybe interesting, we'll, interesting first weekend to, to say the least, to say the least. So, so, we, so, so there's Miami, Miami on Tuesday night. And then what's, uh, what's next Brooklyn. this week? Oh, geez. Brooklyn. Oh, that's a, that's a back to back too. Right. So that's yeah. on Wednesday. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll reconvene maybe on, on Thursday or Friday. We'll see, we'll see how things are going and, uh, and just, just, uh, catch up with what happened and, uh, Revisit the home stretch. So, yep, get at us at Winning Plays Pod on Twitter and shoot us a five star review on iTunes and a review on there as well. It is much appreciated. Or where else do you listen to Spotify, uh, Audio Boom, etc.? So, yep, like Rich said, we'll be back with you guys hopefully on Thursday and we'll hopefully see how things are shaking out a little bit more on the seating front. <laughs>